0: A poem is a small machine made of words, William Carlos Williams.
1: Welcome to the Small Machine Talks, exploring the poetry scene of Central Canada and beyond with Amanda Earle
0: and A.M. Kozak. Hello and welcome to the Small Machine Talks. I'm Amanda Earle.
1: And I am A.M. Kozak.
0: And uh, it's, a, it's a dreary looking Labor Day Monday, and uh, we're here to talk to you about uh, all kinds of interesting Our labor. things. Yeah. Our labor, well, yes. that's right. Happy day Labor Day. Happy Labor Day. Yeah.
1: So um, it's been a little quiet this past month, as summers often are with poetry when the festival season of Ottawa takes over that I must say I, I do enjoy. Um, but what have you gone to uh, this past, you know, four to five weeks or so?
0: Well, I've two out of the three events that I've gone to. I read at, so that seems seems like <laughs> so. Yeah, uh, there was a, a launch of uh, issue four of Canthus, and I was also uh, at. you were at, and I, I read. There were four readers. That was at Burling um, in August, and that was. Uh, I read and uh, Natalie Hannah, Emily Sanford, and uh, Libonia Lamb. So they so were the two four. Two Toronto
1: poets and two Ottawa poets. Yes,
0: and one and I'm not in the issue four, but I was in issue three. So uh, the Canthius editors were kind enough to invite me to read. It was a lovely venue outside, a starry well. They had twinkly stars and uh, mm-hmm. lights, and uh, yeah, I like
1: the lights, like the little they're called tea lights, spotlights. I don't know, little lights. I call
0: them twinkly lights. I All find right. that to be the correct we're terminology for them. Wrapped around
1: some trees and such it yeah was nice
0: and it was um there were lots of mosquitoes which was oh, yeah and uh there we had a little bit of rain during emily sanford's reading which was she she did great she just kept going I, I enjoyed hearing, I don't necessarily, I have a little bit of a hard time hearing other people read after I, when, I'm, when I'm featuring too, because my, mm-hmm. my brain is sort of right. still in my work. Um, but I, I enjoyed hearing uh, the others, uh, especially, uh, well, for me, uh, Natalie, um, I don't get to hear her read that often. Oh, no. And uh, she's a very powerful reader and also her work is uh, really strong. So uh, mm-hmm. that was good. That was I, f- good.
1: I find if I read first or earlier that I can focus better for people after me but if I'm reading later on it's, yeah. it's hard to not just be nervous and thinking about what you're going to say.
0: Yeah I've kind of gotten over that a lot now but I still like usually the reader right after me I, I I'm kind of still coming mm-hmm. back so in this case for instance with uh Laboni I I um I was interested by what she read and she read for instance there was something about um uh, a poem about someone being racially profiled it was interesting work she also recited her work which mm-hmm. always unnerved me because I'm always afraid they're going to forget their, <laughs> and so I'm sort of and sort of on their side and hoping everything will be okay but uh, she did a great job and she was uh she was wonderful and then uh and uh yeah but it was a good it was a good night and I'm really glad that I got to uh, take part in it
1: mm-hmm. yeah it was the nice back backyard setting behind the skate shop and it was you have to go through the store to get to the, to the backyard. You can't just go through the, um, I guess, from the street. So it's, it's very secluded and it felt very, even though it's right in the middle of downtown, it felt very foresty. And I noticed uh, a little after we started, there was a like kind of behind the backyard. There's a bit of a parking lot and there was a, like a family like was like opened their window and like, were very curious looking out to like this poetry or this thing that just started happening on a mic in the across the, across the alley from them. Um, so yeah it was a it was a good event uh, I lots, of it. Yeah. lots of people there lots of people
0: there i was surprised at how many people were there
1: mm-hmm.
0: and mm-hmm. lot not a lot of people that i knew so that's always yeah, interesting it was
1: a, i thought it might be a bit of a more diverse crowd because i think yeah. there's some people because claire goes to the the editor goes to um university of ottawa doing her phd so i yeah. think there's some of those folks there and uh, some fo- friends of the skate shop I think it might have been there as well.
0: Yeah, it felt a little bit hipper than my usual crowd, <laughs> my usual nerdy poet crowd. I was like, right. who are all these hip people? It was a, you know, but uh, no, it was, it was a good night. And uh, yeah, so that was it for Canthius. The next thing I went to was um, Sawdust, which was um, at its new venue, Bar Robo, yep. and it featured Apollo the Child and Blue. Yep. Uh, it, was, it was that crazy day where it was a Tuesday rather than the usual Wednesday, and yep. it was that crazy day where the weather was insane, where it just, we just kept having deluge after deluge and finally in the evening it settled down but so I found the turnout to be a little bit lower than what I was expecting mm-hmm. than a usual sawdust reading
1: it's also a new venue yeah. a new
0: venue a, a closest venue to my apartment as possible which I sort of asked Jennifer if that could be a rule <laughs> but I don't know if she'll ever give to that but it was a great venue it was um um the 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 sound system was really good the way they had it set up was good and you were there you were there at that I was there and I think yeah. that's
1: the venue we first decided to start a podcast if I remember correctly
0: that's right we were we were meeting for coffee and they have uh, there they have a couch uh, in the back and I was saying that would be a good spot for a talk show and we thought or a podcast so mm. maybe who knows maybe one day we'll do a live podcast at Barrobo there we go add that to our wish list uh, so yeah I enjoyed hearing Blue and Apollo the Child I've never heard Blue before I don't attend a lot of spoken word events anymore I, I did more. Um, in the early aughts, but she was very poised, and I, I thought her work was very interesting. Apollo the Child was good too. Both of them were funny as well as being, you know, doing some interesting stuff. So yeah, I enjoyed it. I, I always enjoy how poised uh, spoken word artists are. They mm-hmm. have have more tend to have a lot of poise as opposed to some of us who are <laughs> other poets who tend to be a little bit more nervous in front of a mic.
1: Yeah, I but, saw uh, I saw Blue at um, the Verse Fest, so reading that Jennifer talked about uh, there. And um, I really liked their poems. They were very, um, they're so young. They're like 20, 21, it must right. be. And um, just, I was very impressed. And I'm uh, i am glad to see that Jennifer was also impressed. So it kind of gives me some validation to like, oh, I can, I, what I'm thinking is good is what other people think is good too. So that's good. Um, right. Yeah,
0: they were, they were good.
1: Um, so... Uh, you, I didn't go to the other event that you you, you read at the above ground yeah,
0: I above ground press had its 24th anniversary just la, just last uh well here on the day we're here just last Thursday night at uh, and it uh, celebrated at backdrop which is a restaurant with a, a stage over um, on Metcalf in Gloucester. I'd never heard of it. Yeah, I, well, I've I've passed it a dozen times. I mean, dozens of Backdrop? times. Backdrop. Backdrop. Yeah, it's it uh, it's a really it has a really um, it's a small venue, but with a. Uh, Basically, you come in, you walk in the door, and the mm-hmm. stage is right there, okay. and then everyone is around the stage. So it, it's kind—it of, was—it was a little bit disturbing at first to read there because you don't know exactly who to. This is like uh, a round. Yeah, kind of like oh, a round. Wow. I would say a square, but it was—that's how it was. The, the, the audience was around the stage in this mm-hmm. kind of, and uh, yeah, I mean, and and when people come in the door, like, and I was the first reader, so someone coming in the door, like. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah, I'm yeah. reading. And then people who are leaving have their backs to me as they're, you know, I scare them away. I was the first reader there too. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but uh, I, anyway, it was, it was a good event. Um, it was, it, I get, there were more people there than I expect, expected. There's something um, on the menu called expensive fries, which is uh, quite delicious and not that expensive actually. Well, it for it fries? fries? Yeah, fries and, and cheese and a bunch of others, lots of garlic and stuff. It was okay. really good. Fries and, with a couple
1: of things added to it. Yeah,
0: fries with all kinds of... Uh, deliciousness added to them I I, and um, the the they had a lot of different beers on tap Mm -hmm. and uh, it was it was a nice venue. Is it
1: a new venue then?
0: It's well it's been around as a restaurant for a few years now and uh, Mm. they I understand they have music there so but uh, it's the first time certainly it's the first time above ground press has ever ever held anything there I've never seen any other literary or spoken word events there I think that may be the first time they ever. It's called backdrop. Backdrop one word I think on uh, metcalf i don't remember the number on metcalf
1: cool
0: but uh, they also run grounded as well The uh, i was gonna say it's, yeah
1: because it's, no, i knew ground was right around there i was wondering yeah. if it was just a name change in the same venue but i guess not eh uh
0: no it's just it's, just, it's, it's actually nearby, another though. whole place just yeah. down the street and uh they um what else was i gonna say so about the reading itself there were four readers uh i'm trying to remember now me um uh, oh gosh! Now I'm forgetting everything. Rob, Adele, Adele Graf, Rob, Stephanie Bolster, five readers. Sorry, and Christina. Oh, I've forgotten her name. I've forgotten her last name. Sorry. You can't
1: remember everyone. Yeah, that's, that's it. So Christina,
0: but uh, Drake. Drake. I'm pretty sure it's Drake. So uh, there were five of us. It was a. It was a kind. It was a great mix. I was especially happy to hear um, Stephanie Bolster, who is mm. a, a writer I really admire. Stephanie is also was uh, uh, one of our John Love Poetry Award judges for Bywords She's many years ago.
1: Montreal is that. She's
0: Montreal, she's a, she's a, she's a, uh, creative writing, professor. Uh, English, uh, professor, yeah, and, uh, in fact, I think it was, um, there was someone there, uh, maybe it was even uh, Christina who or uh, anyway one of the one of the readers uh, she'd been her professor at some point oh, interesting. so anyway there's some kind of connection i'm probably getting that part wrong it's like <laughs> i don't know but there's some kind of connection and there someone in, i was talking to said her she was one of her profs at one point as well yeah. stephanie used to be in ottawa um, long time well a long time ago too so she mm-hmm. uh, um, so she did some um, different things here before that but and and i found that stephanie and my work was very similar i read from a new chapbook that has just come out with above ground press which if you can have a copy of aaron if you like but (laughs) you don't have to lady lazarus redux so that was fun and 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 the audience was lovely a lot of dear friends were there which is always nice for me um Mm -hmm. i feel a little bit more comfortable around people that i know uh, um as most of us do yeah i guess so i some people don't like to read in front of their friends so i don't know i'm i can see that yeah, yeah i'm fine with it usually one of my things is I'm. Always reading different work usually, so mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I don't have a problem with people reading similar or same work. I think that's fine. I like to hear some stuff over again. Like I don't, but for me, I just like to read different work uh, mm-hmm. usually. I, I I read a little bit of similar, but anyway. So it was a very good good turnout, and we had. Um, Jenna Jarvis and Marilyn Irwin were volunteering at the door and at the oh, table yeah. book table. There was a great book table with all the stuff. It was very well organized, very smooth. Um, we had a lovely night. I drank a few a few glasses of wine and was friendly to everyone. So, you know, <laughs> as, a, as opposed to my normal self, no. Right. That was good. And I'm really happy that Above Ground Press is celebrating 24 years. It's amazing. Can you imagine do, running a press for 24 years and, and especially all the stuff that I Rob even does? I can't imagine
1: being alive for 24 years. Oh, yes,
0: you can. You've already been alive for more than 24 years. <laughs>
1: but I can't remember, remember. It all.
0: I see. He's trying to pretend that he's younger than he is now. I see. <laughs> this is the latest trend. But uh, yeah, so those were the, all the events that I, all three events that I attended that were literary related. Yeah,
1: I wanted to go to that, uh, the last event you just talked about, but um, I can't remember why I didn't, but there was a reason. There was a reason. I went to a few um, non-poetry arts events. Um, I saw Continuum, which is this Ottawa show. Oh, light you went to show. that? Cool. Yeah, it's like in the, old, I guess, the new light rail station. Yeah, Lion
0: Station, right?
1: I If you like, um, um, what's that kind of installation type art, mm-hmm. and uh, I would highly recommend it. It's free. You just sign up in advance and you walk through and it's... Um, Very futuristic and also kind of creepy. Like you go in and you have, they give you this like card that you scan and then you stand and they scan your image. And then they show you on the screen what it looks like. And I'm not sure what you call it, the the computerized image that it scans of you. And then when you go and eventually you go through these cool light things and see these, a lot of screens doing like digital artsy things. And then eventually you get to like where the trains would come in and then digital train goes by. And then you can see like the holograms of all the people that have signed up or that, that keyed into that session start appearing on these screens along this on the wall. Um, it's it was really interesting. It was very trippy. Um, I'm not <laughs> sure what the um, if they're going to be keeping screens in there for when the O train or the the train comes in um, next year, but uh, that would be they make tons of money in ads. I'm sure if they did. Um, but it was it's really cool. I would recommend it. It's another free artsy thing happening in Ottawa.
0: I'm too cla- claustrophobic for it with the lights. If the, if it wasn't for the lights.
1: Oh, and they're and they're pretty intense. Yeah, I,
0: I don't think I could have handled it because the lights would create the sh- darkness and like the shadow mm-hmm. shadow and stuff. I, I I would go if it, well, and also it's it's all. Too many people all crowded into like I just. If you got in a
1: weeknight, it wouldn't be as bad, but yeah. Yeah,
0: I just I, the thought of it it makes me uh, a little uh, freaked out. So I, I I would like to like I'll be fine with the light rail once it's just a normal mm-hmm. light rail, but I can't go down to that uh, afraid. So I'm glad it's nice that you got to experience. I got to experience it vicariously through <laughs> you, which is good.
1: Although I will say, I think it's probably going to be less busy this thing than the actual when the train is or operating. Yeah, the be, trains will be busy. busy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I also went to Mosaic, which is the. A similar type of I guess installation almost, but it's uh it was it's plants, I guess. Topiary, right? Isn't that what's,
0: right? What's that? Topiary is where they shape uh, like hedges and yeah, trees that's exactly and things what it like was. that. Yeah, that's okay, what it go. was. Um so it, that sounded cheesy to me like crazy. I don't know I don't It know. was kinda of cheesy and
1: that was packed when <laughs> yeah. I went. It was just, in Gatineau, right? Yeah, it's it just like, right over the bridge. Um right. uh, the one that goes to the market. And um it was packed with just um families and tourists and you couldn't really it was hard to move, to be honest, but uh, it was, it was nice. It was, it was good to see. It was worth seeing. It was, again, it was free. Um, There were some cool shapes. There was one, Um, there's some foxes, I think that I really liked. I really like foxes. So oh, you those... do? Oh what? yeah, I love Why? foxes. I don't know. I just feel like they'd be cool to cuddle with really you own rabbits and you like foxes yeah I wouldn't have them at the same time but um I think maybe one day if I had like a big house somewhere you might own a fox yeah I wouldn't say (laughs) oh I I would say say have a fox companion yeah have a fox (laughs) companion have one maybe one that was rescued and like couldn't go back into the wild um and then you know chill with the fox they're really common (laughs) in the UK
0: What's the what's the novel uh, or sorry the novel What's the poetry collection by Jennifer L- Lovegrove called Be- A Beautiful Children know. and with pet foxes or something Oh like no that? I don't know uh, I will dig it out for you so you can see it, it yeah, too. yeah 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 But I'm sorry, I can't quite remember the title. Today is my day of not remembering anything right. uh, So um, I apologize.
1: Foxes are really cute. And I went to Oshiega (laughs) too, but I might have talked about that the last podcast. I don't remember. But that was in Montreal. I was there like about a month ago now. Okay. That was fun. So those were my events. There wasn't, uh, yeah, it was a little bit of quieter
0: well, that, that, that sounds still pretty busy uh, for, for you. I mean, I, I went to physio, but I, I, you went to physio too, right? So both went to physio. We, we won't talk about those things. It's really not that interesting to, to hear about <laughs> physio. But uh, I'll ask Aaron about his experience later. All right, thanks. That's That was our events, I guess. So let's uh, talk about uh, recent uh, news in poetry. Uh, let's start with uh, Book Thug, which has started a new uh, record label of all things, mm-hmm. uh, Vinyl, I feel like, ca- Chaos and Star. And it's the idea of it is to merge music and literature with the help of Andrew Whitehead, who used to be part of Broken Social Scene. So, uh, I
1: really like Broken Social Scene. Yeah.
0: And also, he yeah. and his partner, whose name I cannot remember, they started a, a band called a Roar A, or Aurora, I'm not sure how to but a Roar A, and I really love that. Actually, that one of their songs I wanted to use for our podcast. Oh, really? Had to pay so can to do that but yeah so this i guess that they're basically uh, putting out um poets speaking combined with or reading their poems also combined with music so that's interesting uh, yeah apparently andrew was already doing stuff like that um he kind of was going to sites like ubu web and also the pen po- pen sound and finding uh like um readers and sort of combining them with music and different, mm. doing different things so that sounds really great i could
1: like do something like that sometime
0: well now you can chaos and star which comes from that uh nietzsche quote i guess which i can't remember oh from. yeah you have to give birth to uh, you have to something chaos in order to give birth to a star i can't remember
1: yeah same. yeah now that you say it i recognize so, it, i'm yeah. assuming and that's where i, I, I think got, it I is from. i think it is from Thus spoke Zarathustra. i want to say well there although you go. a lot of his writing is very similar so i i say as if i'm the nietzsche expert
0: yeah i'm not at all i think he was born <laughs> Around. He had the same, not year, but month birthday or day close to mine or something. Him and E. Cummings. That's how I know. Oh, that. yeah? E. Cummings yeah. is great, too. There you go. I like
1: Nietzsche. You should go read me some Nietzsche. There you go. <laughs> Excited so about the book thug. Uh,
0: that's all I have for that right now. And well,
1: someone, someone died.
0: Yeah, uh, John Ashbery uh, died just uh, was September third at the age of ninety. So um,
1: good life, long life.
0: Good long life, uh, and uh, I, I guess um, I haven't read a lot of him, but one of my uh, favorite uh, of all time books of poetry is, is Flowchart, mm-hmm. which I'm holding up to show Aaron <laughs> for it's some good. reason for everyone. A, bit of a for, coloring book cover. Yeah, it's it's a cool. It's a very. Uh, it's a, it was actually published in the nineties, but it's it's. Got an old-looking cover and uh, like a like a '70s uh, sensibility mm-hmm. for the colors. What I like about it, it's one long poem and it's huge and uh, it's all. It's a very interesting work. His, um, I guess, um, I have a quote here from the Guardian. That if you'll uh, let me just read this mm-hmm. little quote here. So uh, the Guardian um, has a. Um, I guess the obituary says his first book, Some Trees, was a relatively conventional collection that came out in 1956 with a preface from Auden and the praise of O'Hara, who likened Ashbery to Wallace Stevens. But in 62, he unleashed the tennis court oath poem so abstract that critic John Simon accused him of crafting verse without sensibility, sensuality, or sentences. Ashbery later told the AP that parts of the book were written in a period of almost desperation. And because he was living in France at that time, he had fallen out of touch with American speech, which is really the kind of fountainhead of my poetry. And this is a quote from him. I actually went through a period after the tennis court oath, wondering whether I was really going to go on writing poetry since nobody seemed interested in it, he said. And then I must have said to myself, well, this is what I enjoy. I might as well go on doing it since I'm not going to get the same pleasure anywhere else. Thank you, John Ashbury, for continuing to do it. And it, isn't it interesting to hear even he had that wondered if mm-hmm. you know anyone was interested in his work. So I thought that was that was quite a, a good quote. Yeah,
1: yeah. And it's interesting about the, the tennis court oath that was it was um, critics really didn't like it. And um, I when I started my MA at Uvic, UVic University of Victoria uh, about four years ago, I originally wanted to do um, for a period I wanted to do my thesis on uh, the tennis court oath. And I remember speaking to the the one professor of of modern uh, poetry, modern American poetry, there. And he dissuaded me from it and said, you know, if you're interested in that, maybe look at these other things instead. He wasn't really into the tennis court oath. And he, he he talked he talked to me more about, uh, oh, maybe another poem by Ashbery or the rest of the New York school would be more interesting. I ended up doing it on Lisa Robertson, so it's fine.
0: There you go. That's a good discovery of Lisa Robertson. Yeah, yeah. How, did, how did he feel about Lisa Robertson's work? I
1: got a new thesis supervisor. Oh,
0: good for you. There you go. But uh, so what made you choose that? Do you remember what, we, what made oath? you interested in that particular work? I,
1: th- I think I hadn't. Um, it was at a period of time where in my schooling, in my English literature schooling, we did almost like nothing contemporary, like actually pretty mm-hmm. much nothing at all. Mm-hmm. Um, a little bit of can, can like contemporary in one of my classes. But it's when I, I think I was at that period, I was doing a lot of anthology reading, um, just to, to, to try to discover the different posts yeah. the past 50, 60 years. It's and, a good um, way
0: of, of discovering new writers to you.
1: Mm-hmm. So I, I read Ashbury. I read The Cordoth. Um and I was blown away by his style. Um, just the the abstract the abstractness mm-hmm. of it and but if you focus on it there is you know his sentences are so long and winding but inside of it if you can focus enough there is the concrete in there he is describing something and um, after you like break down that that barrier and can get wrapped up into those into the syntax of it it's uh, very rewarding and actually I feel very similarly about Lisa Robertson in some ways they have they, I think they have some similarities so and uh, my favorite—I'm not sure what my favorite poem is by him, but um, I really like "Self Portrait in a Convex Mirror," which I yeah, think is the most famous one. I guess that's
0: um, the one I, I haven't read that yet. I mean, really, I've—I've I've, I've read flowchart twice now, so I can't get mm-hmm. past that.
1: Yeah, "Self Portrait in a Convex Mirror." I reread it yesterday. It—it uh, it oh. opens pretty well. Um, it's talk about it's named after a painting by. Um, Par- Car- Parmesan, uh, I don't know. Look it up. This guy, you yeah. <laughs> can find it. It's a very famous uh, painting, and um, it kind of like uses that as an entryway to the the poet's thoughts, I guess. And he's describing that, and then there's the question of the the viewer and the eye, and all this and this philosophical stuff, which I really like. So yeah, he's uh It's when I saw the the heading last night, I was inside Harvey's. Um, <laughs> Getting a veggie burger. Okay, and they have uh, veggie
0: burgers at Harvey's. Oh, oh yeah, they,
1: they have the they're the best veggie burgers for. I fast have food no restaurant. idea.
0: There you go, Harvey's. There's a there's a there's a little. There's uh, a plug. Yeah. plug. for you.
1: And they have a they have a, a big ish screen TV at the one on Bronson, and then I saw John Ashbery. something like John Ashbery, American poet, and I was like, oh, it's about to say he's died. He died, yeah. isn't it? But and then, it, of course it did.
0: On a big TV screen in Harvey's. That's quite. That's already the start of a poem right there. Right, right, right. The day John Ashbery died.
1: Oh, yeah. I think it was on CNN or something. Yeah. Geez, so. that's,
0: that's pretty good cred, being on a CNN for a poet. But, uh, it,
1: may, it, don't, it probably actually wasn't CNN, but it was a station like CNN, <laughs> a news station. If it was
0: at Harvey's, it probably was some, um, some well-known. Like yeah, it wasn't yeah. like, uh, I don't know, TV Ontario or something. Yeah, exactly. Right? So, yeah,
1: something like that. But I haven't know? been
0: in a Harvey's in, I don't know, maybe decades, actually. Well,
1: they have uh, TVs that tell you about John Ashbery's demise.
0: God, so. I don't know if I want to go in there. What if they start <laughs> telling me about someone else's demise? Uh, uh, what
1: else? I'll I'll talk a bit more about what I've read this past sure. few weeks, but why don't you tell me first uh, what you've been reading?
0: Uh, actually, I've been I've been I started reading uh, the book "Dictate," which is by uh, Teresa Hak Cha, and um, it's a it's a kind of a poetic memoir that links the lives of several women through their struggles. So the Korean revolutionary you. Gwen Soon, Joan of Arc, Demeter and Persephone, Cha's mother, Hyun soon Hiao, and Cha herself. And uh, for years, I've I've actually had on my desk a quote f- from Sappho that um, that starts the book, and it's, May I write words more naked than flesh, stronger than bone, more resilient than sinew, sensitive than nerve. So that's that's a quote that I find inspiring for my own mm-hmm. writing. Uh, the book is, I would call it a genre buster. It's not just poetry, it's also historic uh, uh, historical narrative, and it's got little uh, poems in both English and French. And um, I'm, I'm, I've only started a little bit, so it's um, it's a little bit hard to get uh, get through so far, because the historical narrative part, I guess, about um, Japan's uh, takeover of China in the early 1900s, I'm just finding that a bit of a slog. But mm-hmm. I really like the way she expresses things and um her, like, her language and her, I don't know, she's got a mesmerizing style. Now, she um, she lived from 1951 to 1982. She was a poet, filmmaker, and artist, and in 82, she was murdered by a stranger in New York City just a few days after the original publication of Dictée, so... Um, wow. And this is one of the books in a, in a workshop that's, uh, I guess it's starting soon or or, or has started, uh, uh, Juan Nguyen in, in Toronto is offering uh, on three different writers. I can't remember, uh, Alice Notley and uh, Joanna Kruger and... Uh, Teresa Cha so uh, that's one of the reasons I wanted to read I'm not taking the workshop but I've, I've been meaning to read this book for a long time so mm-hmm. so that's it but again I, and the other thing I, I have to complain a little bit about this book is the horrible font it's a reprint it's a reprint so I, I forgive them and sometimes you don't have but I don't know what this font is it's really annoying to read I, I don't know if you can yeah,
1: you should go into the acknowledgement section pick out whoever's the designer and like really bash them no, on the podcast
0: no. yeah that's right <laughs> but I just I find it I sometimes find it difficult when, I do, when there's a font that i don't like um i really, really can't yeah. like a typeface i really can't stand for instance arial or straight up and down fonts with no yeah, service a and... lot of
1: people don't like comic sans
0: oh yeah that's the famous one there was I think there yeah. was a do- oh, uh, there's a documentary called helvetica which i'd like to see all about <laughs> the, the yeah oh, okay. so that would be fun what uh, what else have you been uh reading like? so
1: um i've talked a little bit before about how i i haven't been reading full on poetry books cover to cover anything lately um so I made a note of a few poems or articles that I've read um, this past month that I that I liked. First, I'll mention, though, I've been slogging through a creative community builder's handbook, which is all about community development through art, art and slog. art space. It's a bit of a slog because it's still, um, it's still, uh, it's kind of what I did schooling. I, I did community development as one of my areas yeah. in, in social work, right? Um, but I haven't been able to quite marry the two uh, art and, and community development yet. Right. And I'm trying to look for ways to... To uh, do this, so one of my old supervisors at the Community Health Centre let me this book, and I've been reading through it to try to get ideas about, you know, is there a way I can foresee myself in a few years being able to do community building, community development as like a full-time gig through through the arts. So that's a, it's an interesting read. It's um, a lot to think about.
0: That sounds inspiring, though. Like that, that's yeah, a is. great reason to be to be slogging through a book. I guess yeah. maybe you'll have to write a better one. That's all there is to it. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's
1: because it's like a it's textbooky, right? It's mm. it's but it gives good examples and uh, and very in depth examples of different spaces that have been erected around around the U.S. most and internationally actually and how it um, uses the local arts that are already happening there to sort of revitalize the space and bring community to it um, and also talks about the economic viability of those types of strategies which is important to consider if you're thinking about um, you know a career yeah and these sorts of things Makes um, sense. but for for poetry um, I'll give a shout out to JC Bouchard he he uh, um, not about one of his poems but uh, he tweeted a poem line that I thought sounded familiar so I googled it and I was like oh is this is from like a song lyric or something but it wasn't it's actually a poem that I'd never read before and it's called wishbone by richard psykin and um yeah it was um i ended up reading it and um i quite liked it and I'll, i'll read the line that he tweeted that i that i originally thought sounded very familiar it's did he find that last did he find that one last tender place to sink his teeth in and um i thought that was uh i don't know thought provoking back to the foxes again, eh, I think. yeah there you go it's, uh, <laughs> it comes back and then there's another couple of good lines i'll be your slaughterhouse your killing floor your morgue and final resting walking around with this bullet inside me and there's a uh, it's a it's a long-ish well i don't know it's probably like two pages it's um but yeah i'd recommend uh googling that
0: What's the name of the writer again? Sorry. Richard
1: Siken. I think Richard it was written Seiken. in the late 90s. I, yeah. ha,
0: just because I'm going S- to have to...
1: S-I-K-E-N. Thank
0: you, because I'm going to have to Google right, this later exactly. and put up like, a link. So. Yes,
1: you're good about that.
0: Not always, but... <laughs> um,
1: and then I read a... Um, A good essay by uh, Domenica Martinello. It was on uh, Carte Blanche, which is newly the the new new editor in chief is a friend of the podcast, Claire Duplessis. Yay! Congratulations, Um, Clara. Yeah. So. um, and I think she commissioned this piece. It's um, it's about. It's called Ritual Ritual Nostalgia, revising the Mf- MFA stasis, and it sort of talks about her experience at the Ottawa Writers Workshop, where she's where Domenico is doing her MFA, which is um, known at to the poets at the what as Writers Workshop? Iowa, Iowa
0: Writers' okay, Workshop. Okay, I heard Ottawa. I'm going what? No, 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 no. <laughs> Do yeah. we have a w- Writers Workshop
1: here? Uh, maybe a secret one. So the Iowa, Iowa Writers' Workshop is probably the you know the big the biggest of the big as far yeah. as. Uh, I heard. I learned through this essay that there's an episode of Girls, the HBO series, that talks about it. Oh, um, so it's uh, it's quite Got the famous a lot of program now. <laughs> Oh, it's uh, it's it's yeah. It's turns out it's, it's a writers. renowned. Uh... Oh yeah, probably the best in the world. I would say, or most renowned in the world, anyway. So she talks about that and sort of um, expectations for these um, for MFA programs and and just just um, how it hasn't really. Feels like it hasn't changed because she talks about a story that she read about the MFA program there. And uh, it's a it's a good read. I had applied to MFA programs right out of undergrad mm-hmm. um, like six, uh, seven years ago. So um, it was interesting read for me thinking about all those all those things. So I'd recommend that. And uh, one other thing I discovered reading this essay is that she's just a, a great writer. So <laughs> um, even if you're not interested in that, uh, I think it would still be probably a worthwhile engaging read
0: so is she talking about different mfa programs in canada at all or no only that
1: she mentioned a couple that she didn't get into that she applied to right uh but not uh doesn't talk about them in any detail she just talks more it's more of a personal like when she talks about the mfa uh program in particular it's more of a personal experience with the mfa program there and also contemplating i guess the you know the doing an mfa not doing an mfa and the differences and all this to say um I would read it.
0: Okay, there you go. There's a there's a carte blanche uh, article to read. I'll I'll put up the link uh, mm-hmm. when I as long as I can find it. Any and, other any other things? Yeah, uh?
1: there was one other article, and uh, I won't i'll talk a little bit about it but i'm gonna we're gonna put it on hold and I'll, I'll i'll read a quote from it at the end which is kind of a very digressive quote but i found very interesting that's a but teaser it's it to... a teaser yes it right. wasn't for the next you know 20 minutes or whatever it is probably less actually <laughs> less- yeah less um but uh, the the essay is uh, a relationship to play a relationship to craft a conversation on poetry and stand-up comedy by chris Bone. that's in the this issue of the puritan and uh, it opens up talking about this comedian mitch hedberg and, um he talked and he links to a YouTube of, of Mitch Hedberg's stand-up, which I watched and it was great. Uh, it is It's very interesting to me. I've been thinking a lot lately the past several months about, Poetry performance and stand-up um, comedy, and I've actually I'm starting to convince myself that I need to try doing an open mic stand-up wow. at some point. Um, oh, really? Just for the experience brave. of yeah, it's well, it's very well. I haven't done it yet, so oh, even <laughs>
0: contemplating it, I find the idea scary. But I mean, I like I like a good I like good comedy, but uh, yeah, and it's not easy. I,
1: I think there's something you can we can learn as yeah, poets from absolutely. the experience of of uh, being a stand-up comedian and and trying to just sure. l- being very cognizant of the audience and um you know they they're more um overt about their expectations on you to entertain them I think, and uh, in poetry, people a lot more, and this article uh, alludes to this, that people are more polite or um, the audience is uh, nicer, but uh, in a comedy audience might be more quick to uh, yeah,
0: they, they, jab they, at you. that's it. Well, yeah. certainly we don't get a lot of heckling, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but yeah, and, and and when you read poetry, it's not necessarily about entertainment in the same way that comedy mm-hmm. is. Like I would, it's, 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 in both cases, it's about um, maybe inciting thought or, some kind of provocative thought or emotion. But entertainment is a funny word I'm not comfortable with and myself. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not really uh, in a well, Nirvana song. but uh, Well, Chris Bone, he has an interesting is,
1: quote here about yeah. uh, Mitch Hedberg and uh, talking about, you know... His uh,
0: language, I think. Yes. Yes, so says, that was cool. Uh,
1: Upon closer inspection, though, it becomes apparent that his work relies heavily on the careful manipulation of language, specifically the literary technique known as para prosadokian a midway turn that reframes the first part of a line or statement so it's um you know you have a you have your your joke you have your first half of it and then you you kind of reframe it in the end and it's it's a linguistic technique or language technique and it's I think used in poetry and comedy and it's um it's interesting it's about it's, it's wordplay and it's um it's also about like you know our our understanding of language and meaning and all this and that. So there's a lot I think in that in that yeah. comparison between especially this comedian in particular.
0: It would be really interesting to read, um, like a, more about sort of the linguistic devices of comedy. Mm-hmm. I think that mm-hmm. would be really fun to read because I've, I've a lot of older comedians I remember played a lot with. Uh, with language and and, in questioning even what this word means you know Mm, and mm -hmm. sort of and 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 sort of noting its strangeness I wish I could come up with examples but Mm -hmm. right now I can't.
1: So I was uh, before the the, as I've been contemplating comedy I've been thinking about it more in the performance space Mm -hmm. and like if you can figure out how to perform well as a, a comedian you can probably learn a lot for your poetic practice of being a good performer yeah, that makes but this, good sense but this article made me think also about the the linguistic commonalities between just the attention to language and attention to detail and and um and to rhythm and to timing and to all that and how important it is for for performance as well actually um, mm-hmm. so there's a he talks to the i found um that that the little the lead that um chris bone does being is true. interesting yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah it's good and there's a there's a conversation an interview with um, six people three poets and three and three comedians so there's a back and forth to talk about some similarities between poetry and comedy and um some interesting digressions as well so um i'm sure amanda will post a link I'll to post that a link. yeah I will. Article. I'll, I'll I'll remember and we'll i'll come back to a quote uh to finish off the podcast uh-huh. later on but that's it for my current that's reads it, and
0: that's it for mine shall we take a little break
1: let's take a little tiny break and then we'll come up how about we come back with upcoming events and calls
0: sounds good so here are some uh, events coming up in the next while. Uh, on September 8th, uh, actually, I'm going to be on Friday Special Blend to um, to talk about upcoming fall's literary season. What
1: is the Friday Special Blend?
0: Friday Special Blend is with Susan Johnson, Bob LeDrew, and I believe Amanda Jeté-Knox, although uh, that uh, maybe. be Oh, fairly... yeah, I was
1: on that show last Friday.
0: You were on that show. That was the show that you were on last yeah, Friday. And yeah. what were you talking about on I that? I was
1: talking for... about uh, the play that I'm writing, uh, Gousenco, The Guzenko Affair.
0: Marvelous. I'm sorry I missed that. I saw that I saw it go by the uh, info like you wrote, put it up on, on Facebook, but I didn't get a chance. Yeah, they were to...
1: good hosts. They were good yeah. at asking questions and listening and stuff. So that was good.
0: Yeah, I've 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 known Susan for many years, and she's been a big supporter. For instance, of the show has of Bywords, so it's been great. So you're
1: on early in the morning. As yeah, well? I'll be
0: on at uh, something like uh, seven twenty-five or mm. something like that. So uh, I'll be there. I'll be at uh, Carlton U. And and so uh, if you can get on there, and I'll put a link to the show on September twelfth. Tree begins its new Mm-hmm. season with Catherine Lantier, Monty Reed, and Ramon Sepulveda, and I believe R- Ramon has translated um, um, a book of Monty's, so mm, into uh, I'm thinking Spanish, or I'm not quite sure, but uh, so that's the start of that, and then on the 16th, we have a reading at Venus Envy, the cool. launch of Trish Salah's uh, Lyric Sex, well not the launch, but the Ottawa reading of the um, Lyric Sexology Volume 1, which has been reissued by Metonymy Press, and reading with her will be our own five Dean and Natalie Hanna. so that's something that's going to be good to go to mm-hmm. on the 20th uh, sawdust is having its third anniversary show which surprises us all that they are yeah, three years three old years, already yeah. so they're gonna feature some of the um, some of the uh, poets who won the uh, poem off contest which is uh, you you basically you get judged um by a poet, your you don't get judged, your work gets, gets judged and chosen. <laughs> Maybe you do get judged, yeah, I don't know. Poet, i think a judge, I haven't judged anyone, it's a blind vote. Anyway, so those readers are Connie Clayton, Mary Lee Bragg, Don Steiner, Grant Savage, and David Collins, and the feature will be Jamal Jackson-Rogers. So yeah, who we
1: had recently on the podcast. Yes. Want Would to you, check out the interview?
0: A great interview with Jamal, he's uh, he's an interesting uh, and active and driven uh, local uh, spoken word poet and the poet laureate. And on September 26th, Tree comes back again with a word workshop by Christopher Levinson, formerly of Ottawa. I used to be an ARC editor and also a Carlton U professor. With The Sound of Poetry, How to Manage Line Breaks, Cadence, and Verse Movement. That's a free workshop at Black Squirrel Books, followed by their open mic. And then the features are Janet Lyons and uh, David Grew. So those are the events that I have. Do you have any other...
1: So I have, there's a new magazine that came out that I noticed. I saw someone retweet it. Um, It's for Poets who have lived at some point in the Pacific Northwest, um, which I have. So that's why I oh, <laughs> became good. interested that's good. in Applicable. it. It's called uh, Cascadia Rising Review. So um, I, it's a, Pacific Northwest is beautiful, probably my favorite place, uh, favorite region. So uh, I'm excited to see what kind of work that they uh, come out with. If you want to check them out.
0: Yeah, you want and you. Want. There's
1: another another call that you have listed here, Amanda. Yeah,
0: uh, I don't know if it's pronounced node, but they're out of U of Calgary, they they've issued 22 is an unthemed issue and their deadline is October 20th. So I'll I'll put that up. I while you're talking about new magazines, I always I also thought of a new magazine called Augur which just came out, oh, but yeah. it's it it just had a launch I think in Montreal, but it's it's for I could be wrong about that, but it's first or it could be Toronto. I don't know why I get those two cities mixed up. I do not get them mixed up. But uh, apparently today I do. Uh anyway they they seem to specialize in speculative work including in poetry though speculative fiction and stuff like mm-hmm. that so that and diverse voices so that that's it there i mean there are a lot more calls and contests that you can find if you go to bywords.ca in the news section as well
1: so anything Very else cool. Yeah. No, I guess I'll get to leave you with the, the quote that I picked up from the interview about um, stand-up comedy and poetry, which has nothing to do with, I- well, I mean, it does have a little bit to do with either because it came in that course of that discussion, but they had a little bit of um, a digression talking about, um, you know, the, the state of the world and politics and political correctness. And Banu Zan, I think that's how you pronounce her name. Um, she had an interesting quote that I that I thought well, was interesting, and I wanted to, uh, to leave everyone with today, and then maybe there can be some um, thought about it afterwards. So here's the quote. What I feel is happening in the current Canadian literary scene is that people, the left, are turning against themselves. As soon as you dare question the practices now that everyone else has come to consensus with, and your vision is different, People are so intolerant against you that they don't give you a chance to even open your mouth. They just silence you out of the whole conversation. And I don't like it. Can I say I don't like it? It's politically incorrect, but I'm going to say it. I think artists have forgotten that we are fighting not against ourselves, but against ignorance, against stupidity, against monopolies that are controlling people's lives. They show more resentment against a fellow artist whose idea is a little bit different from theirs. I don't see that much reaction against the enemy they claim they're fighting. If I, as a poet, have no tolerance whatsoever to listen to another poet who might be different, why do I expect the audience to listen to me? Why do I expect people to buy my book, people who might be even more different from me than my fellow poet, right? So that's Banu Zahn in, in that interview um, that we're going to link to about uh, stand-up comedy and, and poetry.
0: All right. Thank you very much, Aaron, and uh, thank you, Banu, for the quote. And I guess uh, that's that's it for. Unless there's anything else, we no, need to. No, I add. think it's time right.
1: to sign off. Then we'll uh, right. come back in a few weeks, maybe with an interview.
0: Yeah, we'll do an interview in a few weeks. And uh, thanks everyone for listening. Thanks to Jennifer Peterson for the intros and yep. the outros. As useful, usual yeah, apparently, like usual. Thanks. Time to, to ch- sign off. <laughs> yeah, time to sign. Thanks to Charles Earl for uh, for doing the. Uh, the processing and thanks to all of you Also for sharing this with all of your Poetry loving pals Until next time
1: right. Bye everyone Small Machine Talks With Amanda Earle
0: And A.M. Kozak.